if you sort of lend a sense of like authority to how things are run, mm. then I think people are just gonna behave themselves more. And it's so weird because he sh- he got robbed in like quite a rich area, and like like a couple of weeks prior to that, we were shooting in El Dorado Park, which is seen by other people as a dangerous area, but nothing happened there. So you really can't um, you can't say uh, in like much about where the environment is. I think you just have to do your research. I'm sure like some of the more international people will be like, oh, Johannesburg, it's so dangerous. <laughs> but like, I've, I've lived here for seven years. I've never had an issue with crime until right now. Sup, I got injured. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Department Spotlight, which is the show where we speak to our friends and colleagues about their experiences in the South African film industry. I'm Yaku. And I'm Mark. And I'm Kaylin. Today we are going to be talking about sort of how this whole business happened. I got injured for the people listening. Very badly injured. And then also we're going to be talking about safety on set. We're going to be talking about locations. Security. And we talking about corporate videos. All of the fun stuff. And if you want to see what we're talking about with Yaku's injuries, then go over to the Loot Pictures channel and watch the video version. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And then while you're there, just smash like. It really helps us out. Yeah, but don't smash it too hard or you'll end up like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this injury is for. From, it's from smashing the like too hard. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so let's get into it. So Yaku, what happened? Okay, so I'm going to tell the story now. Um, so this is just a trigger warning for anybody who's been involved with an armed robbery. Just uh, skip like five or so minutes. I'm not exactly sure what the time code is before I edit it. I was going to shoot a music video for, uh, it was a low budget music video. And by low budget, I mean no budget. <laughs> we were looking around for places in Johannesburg to shoot. And the idea was to to get like a, a one of these fancy cars with panoramic view so like a sunroof and everything and then we would mount a 360 cam to the sunroof and then they would just sort of like drive on this very scenic road and then I would like it would be one take and in post I would like zoom in and pan and stuff so we found a really nice road here in Johannesburg uh, like a wonderful like a really, yeah, like a really cool suburb Houghton yeah. yeah in Houghton and it's like it, it has this like European bend you know, like you see on... Because only the Europeans have been. No, but like it's one... It's <laughs> literally... Windy, yeah, roads, yeah, yeah. It's literally one of those roads where that you only see in like, you know, the Top Gear specials when they go to Switzerland. So I arrived uh, along with another guy who was going to be in the video. So he was going to be an actor. And we were waiting for the art- artist and the other actors to arrive because they were all in, in the car that we were going to use. So uh, we were just chatting there by this road and um, all of a sudden, like, I just see this man sort of approaching us and he, like he lifts his shirt and takes out a gun. I don't know if we're going to get demonetized for saying that, but... Uh, he took out a weapon. Oh, yeah. So he takes out this weapon. When I see this, like I start, I like scream like, no, and then we start running, right? Because the guy approached us sort of not in the way where he wanted to steal something. He like was like... As if he just was just going to shoot and then run like away. Like he had right? intentions or something. Exactly. Like exactly. So started running away. Um, and then I was going around this bend. But there was like a little garden next to the bend where you could like run or where I tried to run through. Because like it's probably best not to run in a straight line. As I was, as I was like getting down these rocks, uh, I tripped on the last one and fell in the road. 
and the guy sort of caught up to me. He was, you know, pointing the, the weapon in my face. And then he was like, uh, you better give me your phone. So I gave him my phone and then he just ran off and jumped over the fence and whatever. So I sprained my ankle. I have, I've got an undisplaced fracture in my elbow and there's like a fair bit of skin that's just off there. And he looks um, like Wolverine attacked him on the Oh yeah, and there's some scratches. Yeah, that's that's sort of what happened. So that's why we want to talk about being safe on set. Yeah. If I could just sort of start it like... This wasn't even one of those moments where I thought we were being unsafe, you know, because we hadn't started yet. All the cameras were still in the car. We were literally just standing waiting for people and just chatting. So I think it's important from now on to like check the reputation of an area. Yeah, like if it's a hot spot or what that. Yeah, but also like cuz cuz that road is a is a viewpoint, right? So a lot of people go there. So it is a a soft target. I didn't know this uh because you think like Halton, oh that's a very nice area. It's like a rich area. Mm. And and like I said, we were going to be in the car the whole time. So it's like, uh, I think when we talk about safety on set, it's not just talking about while you're shooting or the exact place that you're shooting. Because like I was saying, we were going to be just in the car driving and then that was it. Yeah. But then at the spot where we were waiting is where it happened. Yeah. So you should always check that out as well. Research theory. And don't take the area for granted. I mean, I know also we, we're joking around quite a bit, but it's, it's quite a serious thing, uh, especially, I don't want to say it, but... In South Africa, it's 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 quite a thing with crime and things like that. So, I I don't think you should take it for granted where you're shooting. Um, and it's so weird because he he got robbed in like quite a rich area, and like like a couple of weeks prior to that, we were shooting in El Dorado Park, which is seen by other people as a dangerous area, but nothing happened there. So you really can't um, you can't say uh, in like much about where the environment is. I think you just have to do your research. And also, if you can, I think try and invest in some security because it sucks to say that, but as you can see, it's it's quite a problem, um, like this side. And yeah, like it can be quite serious because all he wanted was Jaco's phone. But I mean, with gear and all that, it can be mm. quite intense. I think I uh, just research the place quite fairly and, and keep your head about you. I mean, there was, Jaco said there was five other people that weren't with the shoot that were standing there and the guy still came for him. So yeah, I think definitely make sure you take some time to invest in safety and then see what security, if you can get on board or what you can do just to make that a bit safer for yourself, you know? And I think be safer than you think you need to be yeah. as well. Like I know whenever, like it's really good to have a producer, like a dedicated producer on a short, if you're making a short film, because then they're going to consider all of these things that you sh like should be considering, but your mind is like elsewhere. Mm. For example, we always have to think about um, parking. Hmm. which is something that is almost like a last minute thing, but it should be like a initial mm -hmm. thing, like something you should think about sooner. And I feel like we've started to think about it sooner because it's like, okay, how many, how many cars can, it seems logical, but like how mm -hmm. many cars can park there? If they need to park outside, you need someone watching the cars. Mm -hmm. Or what we did on another set was had the cars park at a local shopping center and then there's a guard there all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. um, so you just need to take extra precautions and even if you are like a small production, even if you're like a, I'd say even if you're like a run and gun type thing where you're like stealing locations and stuff, it's like we all have to do it. Mm -hmm. Even on like 
was it on the social network I was laughing because I was watching the behind the scenes and then they were shooting I think it was like at Harvard or one of those Ivy League colleges mm -hmm. and then apparently they didn't have permission to shoot one day but they had What? permission to shoot other days so they were literally like stealing locations so it happens in like all scales you just read it out Harvard now I mean so sure <laughs> <laughs> David Fincher David Fincher's like this podcast but I listen to them all the time and now they rat me out yeah David Fincher I'm a listener I'm sorry I'm sorry it's on the, behind the scenes <laughs> So what I mean is that you, on like all scales, even if you're like stealing locations and you're just like running gun, just like let, if you see like a guard there, like mm. let them know that you're doing that or let the immediate people around who are going to be there and not, not just walking past, for example, let them know what you're doing first. That brings me on to your thing that we were shooting mm. um, in Elder Elder Park, but then we went to an ATM Mondew, nearby yeah. in Mandu we like took all the precautions that we needed to take yeah. and we had like a fake weapon there yeah with the signs that said this is a fake weapon yeah with the that. sign that said it and then you need to also just go around to anyone in the area in the area who's going to be there yeah. for long to say this yeah. is what's happening you just yeah. need to let everyone know so mm. that nothing yeah and it's funny you say that because also going back to Eldorado Park and like a couple of other locations that I've been to where people like classified as dangerous um, it's funny, like, when you let the community know you're shooting there, then, like, a lot, like, of the community members will actually join you. Because I remember when we were shooting in El Dorado Park, like, the, one of the ex-police chiefs or something like that, he came by and he stopped by and his son came by. So, like, it's funny, like, the more people you let know, they actually try mm. and also guard you with that sense of community as well. And I think maybe that's the thing also with suburbs is that there is no one really around as well. Mm. So you can, like, kind of do it, like, a criminal can do what they want and no one will be because it's so quiet or, like, disturb you. So, yeah, I think it's interesting that dynamic and um, I think that just pulls back to the point that you never know wherever you're shooting. Yeah. Just make sure you take the precautions. And yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Just letting people know around you. But yeah, I think it's, it's I think, pretty tough. Yeah. I think if you're meeting up beforehand, meet up at like a, a shopping center and then go to the location. location. If it's not like a house or a place where you can just park. Mm. I think uh, if we had met up at like, I don't know, a mall and then gone. No problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the truth is you never can really uh, say what's going to happen. But I think the main thing is just make sure you're as prepared as possible so that you can at least limit the odds or yeah. take the, the percentage down because there's always something you can do to like slow down that crime or to make sure it like you, you don't have to be in that situation. Crime's always going to happen, but there's a lot of things you can do to make sure that yeah. odds go down on your side. I think this just made us also more aware of it because we kind of took it lightly because we've been shooting... Quite some time. Yeah, I mean, I've been, incident, you know? I've been in Johannesburg for seven years. I'm from Bloemfontein, which is like a smaller city in the middle of South Africa. And like, I've never had any issues with crime because like, I'm sure like some of the more international people will be like, oh, Johannesburg, it's so dangerous. <laughs> But like, I've, I've lived here for seven years. I've shot everywhere. I've never had an issue with crime until right now. And I think that sort of like made me comfortable to just wait around and you know just chat but you should always be aware and i think that that applies to every city like you can yeah. be it doesn't matter how safe your city is there's always poor people there's always desperate people you know at the end of the yeah at the end of the day the guy probably needed to pay for something or and, get and, and you said the guy also was worried about your safety as oh well. yeah actually <laughs> when i was after you took my phone and i was just lying there in the road because obviously i was struggling to get up he's like get out of the road 
get out of the room. <laughs> he was like concerned. You could exactly. Have bumped, so. Exactly. So maybe, maybe he was just like yeah. very desperate. So I don't know. yeah, we don't really know the circumstances like of like like the guys that do this, but you know, like. But also, I don't want to say don't come shoot in South Africa or don't come for me. Mm. I mean, there's plenty of productions like. Avengers came and shot in Johannesburg and all yeah. that stuff. Like, and they shot in the dangerous, exactly. the dangerous and, area. <laughs> so it's still like you can still come and shoot you and you can still do what you want. But I think just take the precautions, make sure the security. Obviously, if you don't feel comfortable, you can find other locations. But I think just be wary of it and still come and shoot. Here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this is more, we're speaking more directly to like lower budget. Yeah. yeah. Like obviously high budget productions, they always have, Security, security and also yeah. mandatory but i think what we're saying is that even if you're a low scale production that's still a consideration mm. that you need to make i think anywhere in the world to be honest yeah. like because you're not you're not only guarding against crime i don't know it's like every if, if you sort of lend a sense of like authority to how things are run mm. then i think people are just going to behave themselves more you know what i mean mm. and it's just going to be a generally like safer environment if you like create that environment yeah, you know? yeah and i think also um, i've been on a shoot with a couple of guys that also have said like don't be afraid of the community members don't like isolate them like a lot of times like when he goes out and he speaks to them and he tells them what they're doing then he can like get them involved in the shoot or he can get them like on the next shoot and then it just creates this nice environment that people that also in the area they just looking out for the safety of the form. I mean, look what happened with Humble Pizza Pie where the people were shouting at us, but that's because they didn't know what oh, was right. happening in the yeah. street. And then just the one community member that we did let know, he was kind of then defending us. Mm. So I think, yeah, that communication is key. With yeah, that, you know. we were, yeah, just to expand on what Caitlin was saying, because the movie hasn't come out yet, Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, so we were shooting stealing locations um, and it was just like people running in the street for that one. We were like very conscious of what's the area like and whatever and we know there's like constant security patrols around there but we didn't let anybody know that we were shooting um partly because we were scared they were gonna say just no also because they were, i was afraid they were gonna be like okay it's twenty thousand rand or whatever <laughs> so um but again we did make sure that there is security and that area just has security just it just has patrols mm -hmm. the whole time yeah. but then one part of the shoot most of the shoot is just silent but then most one part of the shoot the guy's like yelling and then one they, this family just came out there and like what are you doing <laughs> like, <laughs> and then we're just like no we're just sh shooting a short film they're like oh, just shoot up just let us know and then he let everybody know and they, like, because apparently they were going crazy on the yeah, group chat yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of that in the community I think also like for our audience and uh, people that's watching or listening, I think also just leave some comments of tips for security that you found maybe on set and like maybe in your country, some stories you have and how you've learned from it. I think that would also be helpful for us next time and for, uh, for our community as well on the YouTube platforms and yeah. for all our um, social medias. I think that'd be really helpful. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. So does anyone have any tips of like safety on set while you're making the thing? So I know there's like grips and electrics yeah. that have like protocols and all that. Yeah, I mean, there's the standard stuff of just like, if it's not your job, don't touch the equipment. I mean, because like you say, grips and cinematographers, they've got these lights, they've got the dollies, they've got these heavy things. And like, if you're not an assistant to that department, 
Or if that that person, the grip doesn't tell you like, hey, can you help me out with this thing? Just mm-hmm. do it like this, and don't just yeah. don't touch it because like, yeah. um, I think that's a big. I think I think it's also hard to like set rules for smaller budget folks because yeah. then like even the producer can be a grip yeah. on that. Maybe so maybe instead of just don't, you can be like, can I help you? Yeah, and then usually the person yeah. that's in like specialized in that can can kind of help you. Um, you can set your own protocols as well yeah. at the beginning like oh yeah these yeah. people are allowed to help these people yeah or you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. I think that's the, that's I think that's one of the main jobs of an AD as well because I remember when I was working assistant a, director assistant director yeah when I was working as a third AD a third assistant director on this uh, relatively big budget film uh, two years ago uh, the AD before we shot he was also like listen um, if you don't, like, if you just mess up once with the, the safety protocol that he was giving, you'd get you off that set instantly because yeah. it's his job to keep you safe. And, like, mm-hmm. it seems funny and stuff like that when you're, like, get, like, like you know, it's just a small thing that I want to do. And then they're, like, no. They know the injuries involved and what's happened in the past because, yeah, it can be pretty severe. Because I remember we had pretty tiny explosions on there, but they said, like, at least, like, I think it was, like, a minute after the explosion, no one moves or moves them like a muscle because they know where the debris lands and all of that and mm-hmm. just to make sure that there's not a fire somewhere else. So I think the main thing is also just listen to the like the chain of command because they they pretty ex- well usually they're pretty experienced when it comes to those kind of bigger budget forms and they even if it sounds like they're being kind of like douchey about it, they're doing everything for your safety because there's been a couple of times where they're just like, okay, stand here, don't move, don't even take out your phone because if there's explosions or cars rolling and stuff like that just one step this way, one step that way, it's something they didn't account for and it can really um, yeah. cause some, some, some severe injuries on yeah. set. You know. And it's like, even, I remember when I was assisting cinematography in first year, assisting third years in first year, as you do it after, there's like so many procedures and stuff to like, even like setting up like a light stand mm. that you mm. wouldn't, that you wouldn't consider if you hadn't been told. Exactly. Which is where the sort of the danger comes in. There's like a procedure as to how it like the whole thing gets set up, and then the cable gets laid, and then exactly. the cable gets laid down, and then everything. Someone can trip over it if it's not done it's right. Like if you don't, like, yeah. yeah. So it's like even the the small things that if you don't do it correctly can lead to like a light falling on someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even touching on like lights. Something as simple as closing barn doors can burn your hand if you don't know that. Like, that's why they wear gloves and stuff. Because so you'll walk there, oh, they're packing up, let me up and close a barn door. But that Just a barn door is the <laughs> thing on the light that blocks, yeah. that shapes it. It's those things that open and close on the light to just, like, dire- give the light some direction. Light flaps. Um, light flaps. <laughs> that's the technical term. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, even something uh, like that, like if, like, let's say, like a blondie or whatever is, like, a blondie, a blondie, a blondie is a light. <laughs> it's, the bl- it's just a blonde. It's a blonde. I call them blondies. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, if that's standing up all day, th- those things can get pretty hot as well, and that can literally burn your skin. So... Yeah, I think make sure you first ask someone who's in charge of that department, even if you're just trying to be helpful. I think it's a really important lesson to learn. But I don't know if there's if there's those kind of protocols also when it comes to like corporate shoots as well. Like, I mean, it depends on the budget, I guess. Smaller budgets generally have less safety procedures because there's less things that can go wrong. <laughs> I think most corporates, if it's just like a talking head thing, you know, you just tell the like the employees of the company who are not filmmakers, you're like, okay, listen. 
<laughs> step away. <laughs> this is the circle. <laughs> this is where we are. You just stay yeah. on your side. Yeah. I think also though, like you'll get those corporate shoots. Also, that's like we have to go to construction sites and things like that. Mm. Where they then tell you. Yeah, well. that's the opposite. Because yeah. then they have to tell you <laughs> exactly, yeah. and then you have to make sure you wear the hard hat and all that. So I think just like it goes in, like even with like when we talk about short films, like even with corporates, just knowing the environment you're shooting in, researching it, and asking questions and communicating because. Especially when it comes to like shooting stuff with construction sites, even if you're just doing like drone footage and stuff and you think mm. you're pretty safe, you could be standing in an area that they might mm. want to throw some concrete in or something like that. So I think communication <laughs> is key no matter the set, even from short films, big budgets to corporates. I think knowing the environments, communication and all of that is pretty key to where you're filming. You know? Yeah, Yeah, I think also like how you're going to shoot it is also a consideration if you want to go for a sort of, if you're getting like B-roll sort of handheld type approach and you want to sort of move around, it's just about asking and telling people like where you want to move, yeah. you know, how you mm. want to, yeah. and it's like, oh no, you can't actually step yeah. there because like <laughs> X, Y, and Z or something. It's just, exactly. I think like clear communication yeah. just mm. stops yeah. things from going wrong. And I think just going back to corporate shoots as well, those kind of uh, shoots, it's usually like one person on set but I think what I realized when I was shooting with you recently is maybe just try to get an assistant with you. Because there was a couple of times when we were shooting with the gimbal and I had to walk backwards and I couldn't really see where I was going. And it's nice to just have someone behind you guiding you where to go because accidents can happen on something that small as well. You could literally like trip over a chair or something and you could not just damage gear, but you could injure yourself quite a bit. And I think, yeah, so I think... With any shoot, also maybe just try to make sure there's someone with you that can just look out for you when you can't, like, too yeah. stressed to think about anything else. Yeah, because so. I think there's this this thing about people trying to just be one-man bands, especially yeah. now, because you can do it pretty easily with the equipment being so small and mm. cheap-ish. And, but then, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to keep all this money because it's not a lot. <laughs> but then it's definitely worth getting, like paying somebody to come with you and then, you know, you can still keep most of the money, but just pay them <laughs> something because it, it is very, very valuable. I've done quite a bit of these like one man shoots. But then this the, the reason that I brought you along was because I was injured. You got injured, yeah. But I, that just opened my eyes. So obviously, yeah, because then we, we, we learned there were so much more shots we could do yeah. like the Passover and all yeah, that. Yeah, this thing over a wall, it was pretty cool. Yeah, so I think yeah. you're just trying to make sure you got an extra person with you. If it's just one person shooting, if it's just you... Make sure you just have that extra pair of eyes and extra pair of hands with you just to make sure you're safe. They can even give you some really cool suggestions for shots and stuff like that. So I think that's pretty interesting to know too. Right, and like just going on to locations, how do you guys like find going about locations or like searching for certain places? It's the hardest. It's the worst. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were shaking your head now to be like, no, we're not talking about locations. <laughs> we've mentioned in, I think it was the right, uh, we've mentioned it a few times in various videos, uh, writing videos, other writing podcasts, but with that initial six shorts, we wrote four locations we knew we could get. Mm -hmm. So that's a good approach to go is that sometimes writing a short film or like a longer, any type of film is you feel like you're just creating problems for yourself oh, yeah. <laughs> as you're writing it. So maybe be cognizant of that, of like the location that you know you have access to, mm -hmm. and then write for that location and give yourself that restriction mm -hmm. of like, no, we aren't going to 
go out of this location yeah. and then you think like oh that's gonna like ruin my creative vision but then <laughs> we've said before that restrictions yeah. inspire creativity yeah. going on that like even when we wrote public engagement right we wrote it for a park but that's sort of like so we we wrote it for a park because we shot Malamila, shout out Malamila, <laughs> to also be shot in a park uh, so we already we were familiar with the procedure for getting permission to shoot in the park and i was like 400 rand right so i was like oh man it's <laughs> gonna be easy we're gonna do it but then what i didn't take into account was we got it for that price because we were students so then after we had written we've cast we'd done the whole pre-prod we sent in our documents and they were like twenty thousand rand for one day and we're like what Yo. Uh, and then we were like, That's no, like a ninety nine percent discount that they gave. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then we had to like tell them, no, we we're like a small crew. It's a it's a low budget thing. And they were like, okay, so there's not going to be any like trucks, and you're not going to have dollies and stuff. We we're like, no, 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 no. It's going to be us <laughs> and a gimbal, our shoulder rig. That's that's about it. And um, and then we we spoke to them, whatever, and then they came down to five thousand rand for the one day. But even then, we wanted to go back just to, for 40 minutes, just to grab some Bruh. shots. And the security Bruh. guard would not let us in. Bruh. We had to go speak to this lady who was like in charge of bookings or whatever. And then she would not let us shoot. They were like, you paid for your day. You did your day. It wasn't raining. You're not allowed to. And we were like 40 minutes. It's like two shots. Eventually we got in. We just pleaded and begged. And then she let us in that's a, also like a, sometimes a good form of payment it's just begging money. yeah <laughs> you have no money just beg <laughs> um yeah okay so for my personal experience recently i've started writing on a feature script and i was talking to the producers about the writing process and all of that and they literally said to me no like so i was like i had to like flip my mindset like it's so funny with short films versus like feature films they said no don't limit yourself now write what you want to write like write out everything that you, the ideas the big ideas you have and then us as producers, we'll come back in later and telling you what we can and can't do. And then, like we always say, for people starting out, write for what you can have, like restrictions are always good. But yeah. then it's kind of interesting once you step up and you can finally get some funding for feature films that you kind of have yeah. to flip that mindset a bit and be like more confident in the locations you want and trying yeah. to say, this is how we're going to do it. Because I mean, look at Leon the Professional where they wrote the, the scenes and then they like shot in like, what, two different cities, three different cities to make that apartment look like that. I mean, those are the budgets they can have. So when yeah. you don't have the budgets to, to kind of make your dream be known, like in those locations yeah. and what you see, I think it's pretty nice and it's pretty like, it's like a cool learning experience to write for what you know and for what you know you can get. Because like Mark says, like the restrictions make you so much more creative so that eventually when you do step up to features, you're like, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll find that you have this toolkit that you can just bring out in case yeah. it's needed and stuff yeah. like that. So when they do say we can't build this, you'll be like, okay, cool. I'm used to knowing what I can write for. Uh, this is like the backup I know I can mm-hmm. we can get and stuff. Okay. So I think that's like a pretty interesting mindset I've learned to like flip between yeah. the two. And for me, it was just such a shocker for someone to be like, no, write what you want to write. Yeah. Then we'll, we'll, we'll work around what you have. And so I think that's pretty interesting. Like when it comes to short forms and low budgets versus something that, that has um, some more money for them to work with to find those locations. So I think that's pretty interesting for me. Very yeah. Yeah. yeah, taking that like short form mindset into feature is, I think is really important <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think even on a feature film, when you're writing a feature film, I see so many things on writing Facebook groups of like little excerpts from scripts that people have written and stuff. 
and they're just jumping from like location to location uh, and like <laughs> suddenly we're here and then we're there and it's also yeah. like you also have to think from like a story perspective like what is this location mean, like no. mean <laughs> like and no. do we do need, we need to go to go yeah. to another location like no yeah. we don't yeah. why can't it happen yeah, yeah it yeah. literally can but i i have um there was the short that i wrote years ago which we almost got funding for but we lost it which is a six page no five page script <laughs> with six locations and it's so good though <laughs> but okay though that's like i feel like those locations are important but it's like i can't make that movie because i need a lot of money for those locations i'm trapped i can't make that movie because i wrote so many locations into it and it's like impossible to change it like it has to be those locations mm. And that just makes it really expensive. So that's sort of like the the thing that I have or the struggle that I have at the moment is, and it can be very good <laughs> if we shoot it right, but it needs like half a million rand. I think, I think then for those kind of projects, you like, if you, if you really have an idea, you can maybe write those and just save it for when mm. you can get funding. But if you just want to like make short films on the budget that you have, mm. I think the best thing is to just try and be versatile. And I think the nice thing of like writing for places that you know or writing just for one location, even if it is at an expensive location, like mm -hmm. you can then focus the, all that time and energy into making that one place or that, that two locations look so good and, and get all the shots you need and, mm -hmm. and really like put all, like, I know that's for me personally why a lot of the short films I've worked on, like we've ended before like the, the allocated time that we needed to, like if we had like so much extra time is because we could focus so much of our attention on their location, making sure the shots yeah. look perfect, doing like yeah. like uh, eight or nine takes of a scene because you know you're going to be there for a while and you yeah. can't get it right. So I think starting off, it's like a really good exercise to have is to just know you're using one location. And mm. like, I mean, look at that movie. Um, I haven't actually watched it, but like, look at that movie Buried with uh, Ryan Reynolds where it's literally oh, just him it. in a coffin. Yeah. Was, it, was it good? Was it ours? Uh, uh, I forgot. So take, <laughs> but, uh, but I think take that, that for what that is. <laughs> but uh, I think that's like really interesting. You look at that with literally a whole movie or like predominantly the entire film in a coffin. I think that just like just shows you like then you can just make you be creative with like dialogue and it's really cool exercises to go through as a starting off writer. So yeah, I think, I think like we always just say when you're starting off Mark always says it, and I think it's a good model to have. Just have those restrictions, not just with locations, but with a lot of different things. You can even with the amount of cast members you want, with mm. the amount of um, special effects. Like, how can you cheat it to make it look not cheap but good for its level? Yeah. You know, like really, really good for what and it the is. The fact that or the restriction is, I've only got thousand rand. <laughs> exactly, and I feel like that kind of pressure really just breeds gold in terms of the the filmmaking. Uh, and, uh, and I think it, the skills and, and lessons you learn, once you have that mindset and you go into a feature film, I think you'll be like in, indestructible, not indestructible, but you'll be so well prepared for when challenges come up and stuff like that. So I think, you know, I think it's really something where you just have to take your time with it and learn it and put in that 10,000 hours in, in, in those yeah. restrictions. So that when you get your opportunity, you're not like scared of, of everything. You, yeah. You're kind of prepared for it, um, just scaled up. So I think that's you know, really, really good. And there's also... Speaking on like restrictions and locations, if you are sort of like that to the big ideas kind of concept person, if you're making like a sci-fi thing, I always think to, I mean, film rides always doing little sort of... Shout out film like, ride. <laughs> they're always doing like easy to do sort of VFX shots or something. Mm. So there's always a way that you can like, for example, keep your 
short film into like one location but like for one or two shots like imply like a much larger world mm. by doing yeah. like one a or two shot. like uh, yeah, yeah well, I mean, like a can... miniature shot that oh, like yeah. exactly. implies something crazy where you've got like you know that you can do like some like 3d stuff like one establishing yeah. shot that that's yeah. like shows a bigger world and oh, then yeah. you like inside a room you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. i think that like if you there's an, like if you look at a bigger example of that where like the implication was scarier than like seeing the mass like when it comes to cipher films like the mass invasion or something like if you look at a movie with signs you like saw those aliens like what five times in the whole movie mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. one scene in the living room at the end but the way they implied it and the way like when you just hear the, the aliens on like the baby walkie-talkie kind of thing it's so much more scarier than yeah. seeing them like in mass evasions. And when you see them shot on like a VHS camera at a kid's birthday party, it's so much more scary than like actually like mm. seeing them. And so I think those are exa- examples of even like feature films where they used the like they kept it so limited and just implied things that it made it yeah. so much more scary and your mind did yeah. all the work. You know? yeah. So I think that's Can I do really this with point. sound? Can I do this with like a more interesting image than actually showing the monster? And then, like, letting your audiences imagine it. it. That's, like, far far scarier. You're far scared of, like, what you can't see than that Mm. thing you can see. Because as soon as you see it, you're like, oh, that's that thing. Don't show the shark. That's the the, the Jaws lesson. (laughs) Yeah, you would scare yourself much more than anybody else can scare you. Yeah, and I mean, that's what happened with Jaws. And that just became iconic for everyone. It's just that fun. So yeah, like, even if you just show a cast a shadow, if it's a horror movie... Didn't the shark also then bolt the thing? Yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then that fun just became the the thing. So yeah, yeah, I think uh, those are all examples of our limitations due to, like, you want to imply the thing and then um, that also, like... Just ties in also just to keeping the, the location simple and, and, and not showing too much of the world of story. I think, yeah, yeah I think that's that's our, our key tips for yeah. today. <laughs> and on that note, I think let's wrap it up. And thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to see the video version of it, you can head over to youtube.com slash pictures. And, you know, you can check out all of our other videos. We release videos weekly on filmmaking cameras, writing, editing, all that good stuff. So if you're interested, please go check that out and hit subscribe. It really does help us out. But until next time, go out there, stay safe and make your movie.